Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, my money-saving comrades. My name's Graham Clark, and I'm excited to be with you again this week on the Money Stepper Savings Challenge podcast. This is a podcast made by the Money Steppers Savings Community for the Money Stepper Savings Community. It's designed to help us all achieve the goals that we've set for the 2015 Savings Challenge and make that journey to financial freedom much more friendly and enjoyable. Are you ready? Let's get going. You can have results or excuses, but you can't have both. This week's quote of the week is anonymous. I'm not sure who said it, but I found it somewhere on the internet. And I would say that the participants of the Money Stepper Savings Challenge are very much doing the former. And today we're looking at April's results and we're seeing how everyone is actually achieving results rather than making excuses. I have been incredibly impressed so far, the attitude of all the people in the challenge. And maybe without even knowing it, you've kind of made this your motto. We'll come on to it later, the things I've learned uh, from the April results and from people's comments. But one overriding factor is that you guys aren't here to make excuses. You're here to achieve results. And if it's been a tough month for you for some reason, maybe the markets haven't performed or you've had an emergency expenditure in that month, the comments don't tend to be, oh, boo-hoo, this has happened to me. It tends to be, this has happened, but this is what I'm doing to fix it. These are all the actions I'm taking. So I'm trying to earn some more income in a different way to replace lost income, or I'm taking steps to fix my budget to make sure that doesn't happen again in the future. Um, So it looks like within the challenge, we've got a group of people who aren't excuse makers. And that is an excellent place to be. So thank you all for being part of that community. There's a famous saying that you're the average of the 10 people you're closest to, five people, it changes every time. But if I can share the average attitude of of the 35 people or so left in the challenge, uh, then I'll know I'll be in a good place for this challenge. So today we're going to look at the results from April. We're going to look at the effects of the quarter one goal revaluation. We'll have a quick summary of my performance in the month. We'll have a quick summary of the group performance in the month and then on to my favourite part, which is sharing what lessons I've learnt in the month from your results and from your comments. 
Quickly before we jump in, I'd like to say that uh, we still are working with RMP Property, working with Rob Bentz from Rob and Rob of the Property Podcast. Uh, RMP offer a service whereby they can identify and help you uh, work out your investment goals and your objectives when it comes to property investment. And then they're going to step beyond that and they kind of source below market value property and help you step by step through the process of buying your investment properties. If you're interested in what they've got to say, you can get a free meeting with uh, one of their advisors uh, with absolutely no obligation at all if you go to rmpproperty.com forward slash money stepper. Equally, if you go to that specific link, you'll find a 10-point checklist absolutely free, which is a kind of guide to help you make sure that you've done uh, the genuine prerequisite things that you should be doing before you start investing in property. It's a great resource. Uh, it's a great company, RMP. I work with them myself. I thoroughly recommend anyone else to do so. So head on over. That's rmpproperty.com forward slash money stepper. Right, let's crack on with the results. Okay, April's results. You can find all these results in an article which we released last Monday. If you just search for April results on the results section of the savings challenge section of the website. But here's a quick summary of them. We've had 14 people who started the challenge who haven't submitted their results in the last two or three months. I've emailed each of them. I haven't received any responses. So to keep the group as active as possible, we're going to remove those people from the group. So we're left with 34 people actively participating in the challenge. And the people who haven't submitted, they're more than welcome to join again. Just send in your submissions and we'll get you back in the group. You haven't been barred uh, from the pub that is the Money Stepper Savings Challenge. But we try to keep it as active as possible and make it a really useful resource for the people in the challenge. And obviously, if we can see every month there's people not submitting, then that's not great. Of the 34 people who did submit, well over half of them are above in both of their goals. They're ahead of where they should be on their pro rata net worth goal and they're ahead of their savings rate. 20 people out of 34 fall into that category. That leaves three people who are above in their net worth goal but slightly behind in their savings rate, five people who are behind in their net worth but above in their savings rate and only two people in the challenge who are behind in both. Also, there's four people who do usually submit but this month I didn't receive a submission from them. Now, Of these people, the results overall, the average net worth for the people who have submitted their results for April is a year-to-date increase in their net worth of 15.22%. Now, month on month between March and April, that's an increase of just over 3.5%, which is the second best month we've achieved so far. So people are obviously still working hard. The enthusiasm isn't waning. Hopefully good results breed more good results. And we'll keep on improving as the year marches on. On the savings rate side, this is just getting better and better. The average savings rate recorded for January was 36%. In February, that notched up to 45%. In March, it went up again to 47%. In April, we've broken the 50% mark. It's currently 51.2%. That's to say that the average person in this challenge have now saved over 50% of their net income for their year to date. So this isn't just an anomaly in April, it's 
every month added together to date to get to where they are. That's an incredible performance. I've I've said it before, it's always shocked me that, you know, we have that 10% rule, try and save 10%, maybe try and save 15% of your income. Uh, pay yourself first and you'll be fine. We're saving 50% as a group. Amazing stuff. Me personally, my net worth increased from 15% in March up to 17% for April. So a nice little tick over there. My annual goal is 30%. So if I can go up by 2% each month from where I am, then I should be on course, which I did in April. So I'm pleased with that. My savings rate inevitably fell. It was up to 57% after I paid myself my year-end dividends from my company at the end of March. I didn't have any dividends. I just had my usual salary at the end of April, which taught me down to 48%. Again, have a look at the April results article for a more explanation why that is. My annual goal is 35%. So at the minute, 48% is quite a long way above. That 48% will probably fall down each month kind of towards that 35%. But if I can keep it above it for the minute, that's good. Those two goals, the 30% and the 35% are actually my re-evaluated goals. So I started with 25% and 30% respectively for the net worth and savings rate goals. And I pushed both of them up by five percentage points to 30% and 35% respectively. I wasn't the only person to do this, and this is actually my favourite thing that happened last month. Of the 34 people left in the challenge, 13 people re-evaluated their goals. Now, the first thing, and the thing that I love the most, is nobody re-evaluated them downwards. Everyone kept the same goals or made their goals more ambitious. That's awesome. For the people who did re-evaluate their goals, they increased their net worth by 84% from where they were in their goal. So if before they had a net worth goal of 10%, on average, they would have pushed it up to 18.4%. That's a big increase. It's really good to see. And this equally for the savings rate goal, 59% increase. So if your savings rate goal before was 10%, now on average, it's 16% for the people who re-evaluated their goals. I'm absolutely bombarding you with percentages here, but another one that's quite interesting is that the average net worth goal for everyone across the challenge is now 35%. So between us, on average, we're trying to increase our net worth by 35%. And it was 32% at the beginning of the year. The average savings rate goal is 40%. Obviously, we're more like 50, you can see, so everyone is achieving more than their goal would suggest, which is great. But the average savings rate goal is up to 40% now, and it was only 37% at the beginning of the challenge. A few percentage points here and there might not seem that much. But if you base it on the average UK salary, £28,000 a year, and you say that the average person in the challenge has a net worth of £100,000, well, that would mean an extra saving in the year of £840, and an increase, an extra increase in your net worth of around £3,000. So it's not something to be scoffed at, these small increases. And that's why even when we think we're doing well, and we think we are achieving our goals, we really should be pushing ourselves even harder. This is something that we'll actually see in the inspirational news article of the week at the end of this podcast. It's a TED video. I'll just talk a bit about it now. It will be a TED video about what to do if you don't want to achieve your dreams. A bit of a negative or double negative in there, but it's basically saying what you should avoid doing if you want to achieve your dreams in the long term. And one of those things is being satisfied when you are doing well rather than pushing free for more. And that's something which 
with this re-evaluation of the goals I've seen a lot of people doing in the month. So, so far, up to April, I've been blown away. It's absolutely awesome, the progress we're making. But it's only the beginning. We're four months in and we've already achieved so much. But let's just imagine what we can do in these last eight months. I want 2015 to be the best financial year for most of, if not all of, the participants in the Money Stepper Savings Challenge. So hopefully we can do that together. So what have I learned from you in April? Each month I like to share what I've learned because I think it would be useful for you to see what you can learn from other people in the challenge as well. And a way of saying thank you for leaving your comments and for inspiring me to push on with my journey. I will run through a few. We'll start with Kath. Now, she has shown me this month and in in previous months how important tracking your net worth and your budget, your savings rate is. So at the start of the challenge, she kind of is behind her net worth figure because she only receives her pension, where she has a lot of her net worth. She only receives a report on that every year. Equally, she had a mortgage figure, only got updated once a year, and the price of a property only got changed once a year. But she's found as she's going through that she kind of wants to get that information more regularly. And whilst I don't think people should update their net worth and their savings rate every day and be obsessed by it and keep looking at it and check all your investment accounts every day, having a look at it on that monthly basis really helps you understand how you're doing. It's not easy to make timely decisions that you need to make and be inspired from your results if you're only looking at those results once a year. If I only looked at my results every December and I found that I wasn't doing that well because of something that happened last January, I haven't fixed that. Maybe I could have fixed that last January, but equally, I probably won't be that inspired to do anything now because it was so long ago. Whereas if you see it in the month that it's happening, you can make a a wise, informed choice on whether, firstly, whether you need to do anything to action against that. And often the answer is no. If it's stock market performance, for instance, we're in it for the long term, so we shouldn't be making any decisions. Uh, but sometimes if it's to do with your how much you're contributing to your pension or your expenditure in certain areas, that's something you might be able to fix in the shorter term. So Kath taught me about the importance of tracking and kind of reinstilled in me the need to track all your information, detailed information every month. Marianne raised an interesting point in her comments. I've mentioned this in the April results article very briefly, but Marianne started a new business or she put more money into a new business at the start of the month. And she said that her net worth had fallen as a result. Now, as a little bit point of accounting here and something we've had a look at in the past when you buy a new car, for instance, that that car has value. When you're starting a new business, say you have $500 worth of stock. That's what your business is. You've just bought the stock. So you put $500 into it. When you spend that cash, you're putting that cash into a business. Even if it's self-employed and it's actually part of your personal net worth, it's better, I think, to account for it separately. So your first transaction would be that you've put £500 into your business or $500. So you would reduce your cash by 500 but then you would increase an asset on your net worth for 500 So the company, on a separate aspect, has different accounting. And the company says, well, I've received £500 in cash from the individual, from Marianne. So I have debit cash 500 and I have credit equity because I owe that money to to the owners of the business. 
And so then finally, when the, the business buys the stock, it credits the cash and it debits the stock. So for you personally. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You've got a reduction in your cash and you've got ownership of a company, $500 or £500 worth. The company had got the cash but then spent the cash, so they've got some stock in their assets and in their equity, they've got 500 owed to the directors of the business. The key point in this is that it doesn't actually reduce your net worth as an individual. The only reason it would reduce your net worth is that when you start the business and you put 500 into the business, then that business isn't worth 500 anymore. It's worth something smaller. Now, if that happens immediately, you need to really reconsider what you're doing investing in that business. Usually the idea of investing into a small business is that you'll grow that money. So it shouldn't reduce your net worth. It should stay the same with the potential in the future to increase your net worth. For instance, if you bought that stock and that stock was only worth £200 straight away, but you bought it for £500, then don't buy that stock. That's not something that's good to be doing. But if that stock is worth 500 and you think it's actually worth more when you resell it, then you haven't lost any net worth because you own the business, the business owns the stock. So just a careful thing on accounting there and something to consider on splitting the difference between your personal accounting and any kind of business accounting and how investments in certain things should never really, the moment they happen, reduce your net worth. Your net worth will fall when you buy things like depreciating assets, like a brand new car, for instance, which loses 40% of the value when you drive it off the, the forecourt. Then that is something where when you do spend the money, you do lose the value straight away. But hopefully when you start a business, it isn't. Nigel, next lesson I've learned, he's taught me about the importance of being prepared. So Nigel's had a couple of bits that happened in his personal life, which we won't go into any detail, but basically means that his income in the next few months isn't as assured as he thought it was. But he's been able to build a very positive and strong financial position. His net worth's very good. His savings rate was very good over the past few months and years. So he's got himself into a position where he's not concerned about his finances too much as a result of what's happening. 
Now, that's a very good place to be. If something happens in your life and it, it's the thing itself is something to worry about, then you don't want the additional worry of what that means for your finances as well. So as if this idea needed any more support or backing for me, but it cemented the idea that to improve my financial freedom is good for me in the long run, both from my move towards financial freedom and the, the dream life I want to have in the future. But equally, if something bad was to happen in the future, then I want to be well prepared for that. Tom, and we mentioned this last week, um, he keeps reminding me, and you can see it in his results, the impact of small changes. So a change that he made, I think, on the February challenge, maybe the March challenge, was that he was going to brew his own coffee and take his coffee to work instead of buying coffee from the coffee shop. And he was going to take packed lunch rather than eating out every day. And he's made some other small changes, but he says this is one of the biggest changes he's made. His savings rate over the year so far has gone from being 36% in January year to date, up to 38% in February year to date, up to 39% in March year to date, and his latest results for April put him up to 43%. So if you can make these changes and it can have that impact on your savings rate over time, when you can actually see that happening month on month, it kind of inspires you to carry on making these small changes for a bigger result overall. So thanks for that, Tom. Chad Chad has probably epitomised the most the importance of ambition and kind of personified the most the quote of the week, results, not excuses. You can have results or excuses, but not both. His savings rate goal was originally 65%. Okay, In March, the end of Q1, it was 73%. And then at the end of April, it had fallen to 71%. However, Chad came back to me and said he wanted to increase his savings rate goal from 65% up to 70%. So even though it fell from March to April, he didn't say, oh, I better give myself a bit of leeway and keep my goal at 65%. He was ambitious and he didn't look to that as being an excuse. He said, no, let's push harder. This is a challenge. I want to achieve everything I can. And so therefore, he's pushed his savings rate goal up to that 70% mark. That's really impressive, Chad. And it's something that I'm going to try and emulate in Q2 as well and push my goals even higher. Uh, another point on accounting, Chauncey, he's told us about this. And we've got the episode you can search for accounting on personal finance. But Chauncey had a tax refund in the month. I just want to remind everyone what how we account for this from the personal accounting perspective. Let's imagine that we pay $250 in tax for the first three months of the year, okay, for January, February and March. Now, in April, we also pay $250, but we get a tax refund of $200. Okay, so the taxman says that we should only pay have paid $800 up to the end of April, but we actually paid 1000 because we paid four months at $250. So what happens is we get a tax rebate in April of $200. And you might put this towards your savings. Now, how we account for this is because in January, February, March and April, you'd had tax deduction of 250 in your net income. What you'd actually do is you'd add back the 200 that you get as a refund into your income or as a negative in your tax a reverse figure in your tax. It's already a negative, so it'll be a positive in your tax. That way, when you save that in the month, it doesn't change your results. It means that year to date, your net income's right and your savings right because 
you put that 200 that you got from your tax refund away into your savings account. If it hadn't have been an overpayment, you'd have had $50 every month extra to put into your savings. It changes a little bit when which month you do it in, but it makes sure that your year-to-date figures are right. So just a quick one there on how to account for that. If anyone's got more detailed questions on the accounting for personal finance, I'm always happy to take those questions. I'm a bit of an accounting geek, so I'd be more than happy to discuss those with you. Dan T. Uh, He taught me that sometimes things happen for a reason. So during the month of April, he lost a tenant in one of his investment properties. It's never nice when that happens. A little bit annoyed, but by the end of the month, he'd found a new tenant uh, with an even better deal than he had with his old tenant. So sometimes these things turn out for the best. So he kind of taught me that to look through to the long term, don't panic when these things happen in the short term because it will probably turn out better anyway. Mr. Captain Cash, naughty Mr. Captain Cash, he taught me to slow down. You received two speeding tickets in April. You know, speeding's never good, it's never fun. It's not big, it's not clever, Mr. Captain Cash. But I think maybe what it teaches me is that there's unnecessary expenditure, like those kind of things, speeding tickets, parking fines, that kind of stuff. If I have to put that into my budget as a result in my budget under miscellaneous, it absolutely kills me. So it kind of reminds me if I need another reason not to speed or another reason not to park illegally, etc. The actual monetary impact of that also has an impact for me. So hopefully Mr. Captain Cash has learned his lesson there. He says he has. So hopefully that won't be uh, a regular line in his budget each month. Uh, C at the single dollar. Again, results, not excuses. Brilliant. She bounced back again. It's been a bit of a roller coaster this year for, for C. January was a tough start. She bounced back and she got back above her goals in February just to be hit by an unexpected expense in March again. But once again, she doesn't make an excuse. She earned more income. She increased her side hustle in April. She's much more careful with the expenditure. And once again, she's bounced back and she's pushing to be where she should be with her goals. So brilliant. Results, not excuses. Chris, Chris has taught me about the power of learning. I say taught, I guess reminded me. If you remember, April, the mini challenge was to learn something new. I learned Colmac, the the method of typing on a keyboard, which has improved my productivity. And remember in that episode, we talked about how learning something new should be considered an investment decision. That when you learn these things, you're learning them for a reason. You don't learn anything for the sake of it. You learn it because it will give you some form of payback, whether it's financial or whether it's for your happiness or whatever else, it'll give you some form of payback. Chris has come up with a perfect example straight away. In April, he said he spent a long time learning about NHS structures and military matters uh, for a consultant interview. And he said that new learning of that information was absolutely worthwhile. He spent a lot longer than he would usually to make sure that he knew everything about it. And he was rewarded because he passed the interview through the interview and now he's entitled to back pay and hence even more savings. So a perfect direct link between how learning something new can help you increase your income, improve your net worth, get towards where you want to be financially in the long run. Well done, Chris. couple more. Kylie and Dominic, in fact, both taught me that sometimes you need short-term pain for long-term gain. So investing in things where, despite what we said earlier about investing in business, there actually is a short-term loss in your net worth in the short term. 
either because that can't be measured accurately, so it's prudent to take it off, or you can't actually put this into monetary terms. So, for instance, Kylie, she moved out of her property into a rented property to be able to sell it and invest into more property in the long term. And so that for her is a short term impact right now. She has to pay seller's fees and all that kind of thing. Uh, but it's for the long term gain over time. Dominic, he spent money in the month on business coaching. So again, that's quite hard to quantify. It's an expenditure rather than an asset. So it doesn't go into his net worth. It comes off his net worth. It reduces it in the short term. But he's doing it for the long-term gain. So that's kind of inspired me to to think about certain areas where I can maybe invest and go through some short-term pain in order to get a long-term improvement. And not be scared of that short-term gain. Often when you're doing this month by month, you are worried about something that will hit your short term because you want to achieve your goals every month. It's important to be able to overlook that and look beyond that to think about what you're trying to achieve over the long term. And finally, Sean. Sean has taught me the power of budgets. I'm a huge advocate of keeping accurate and detailed budgets so you can see exactly what's going on every month. Most people don't have budgets, and so they can't really tell where their expenditure is going right or wrong. A lot of people who do start budgets become a little bit lax with them after a time. They get into the swing of things, they just fill in their figures, and they don't think about evaluating and reviewing their results. Luckily for Sean, he does. And he saw that in the last month, his savings rate was falling. He had a look into his budget why, and the eating out category had slowly been creeping up to the extent that it then became his third highest expenditure out of all the categories in his budget. So, Sean was able to review that, and now going forward in May, he's built a little three-step plan to make sure that that reduces in the future. So, I hope you've learned something. Uh, You've taken some inspiration from other people there in the group. I know I certainly have. The most pertinent of them, most important one of them for me, is the people who have shown in practice the quote of the week, that you can have results or excuses, but you can't have both. I'm going to make sure for the rest of the year that I don't make an excuse. I make actions to change my results. Excuses can never change your results. Actions can. For me, that sums up everything I've learned from these April results. The conclusion is the same as it was for January, the same as it was for February, the same as it was for March. You guys are awesome. You guys are helping me be more awesome. You're helping me achieve what I want to achieve uh, financially and we're all doing this together. And it's a great community and I'm really enjoying it and I hope you are too. Great, so before we go... We'll have a look at one inspiring news article, as we always do. Often it's a good feeling news article. This one is just one to inspire. As we mentioned earlier in the episode, it's a TED video by a lady called Belle Pesque, or Pesquet, a Brazilian entrepreneur. And she breaks down five easy-to-believe myths that ensure that your dream project will never come to fruition. So these are five things that you need to make sure you avoid to achieve your long-term dreams. I agree with all five, and I think it's five things you really should be keeping at the forefront of your mind when you're trying to achieve these long-term ambitions and these long-term dreams. I'll embed the video over at the show notes. You can find the show notes at moneystepper.com forward slash April results. I would recommend that you go there and watch this video. 
Other than that, we're coming up to the half an hour mark. Try not to uh, take up too much of your time with these podcasts, trying to keep them under half an hour. So I'll just say once again, thank you for your participation in the challenge. Let me know if there's anything I can do differently. Let me know if there's anything you want added, anything you want changed, anything we can do to keep you inspired along this journey. If there is, I'd love to hear it. If there's not, well, then just keep on climbing. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 